I am fired up for today's podcast. Of course, my name is Eddie Cohn. I'm the host, the creator of the Downward Facing Spiritual Spiral podcast. Thank you so much for listening, supporting the show. Episode 101. Amazing. I can't believe I've surpassed 100 episodes. Remember, if you dig the show, head over to iTunes, write a review, give the show a five-star Share it with friends, spread the word, reach out to me on Instagram or Twitter at Eddie Cohn, say hello. I always love hearing from guests because sometimes I have no idea if my show is resonating with people. So, I mean, I get the sense it is, but it's of course nice to get a little bit of feedback. So I'm just pumped up for today's show and I'll tell you why, because this show is about trying to Hey, Leo. Leo has just walked into the studio. This show has a lot of levels, a lot of nuances, a lot of points that I try to make each week. But if you look back to the 100 episodes, there is a common theme, and it's how easily manipulated we as human beings are. Or maybe we've always been this way. And I brought up a podcast months ago about Hitler. Hitler is one of the greatest manipulators of all time. Think about how many millions of people he got to support him and his insane beliefs. Facebook, Instagram, they're probably two of the greatest manipulators of our current day and age. They have literally changed the shape of the way people communicate, the way our culture behaves, People rarely have face-to-face conversations anymore. I am flabbergasted by how easily we just embrace technology, embrace certain beliefs, embrace what the media vomits out towards us every single day. I don't think people are thinking independently or really thinking for themselves. I think we're so easily tricked into believing that you should just spend more of your time on your phone or that you should buy a smartphone. It almost feels like it's a law that you need to own a smartphone and have an Instagram account. And if you don't, there must be something wrong with you. And I can't help but be so awestruck by the way we are reacting to the coronavirus. I want to preface this all by saying, look, I may be completely wrong And I'll be the first to eat my words. And I'm not being naive here. I take my health very seriously. And the last thing I want is for a pandemic to overrun our our country and our world. But the way the media is latching on to this story with such urgency, I don't know necessarily if they really have yours or my best interests at hand. Because if they did they would be giving us information that I believe that would be helpful. I don't want to get too political, but I can't help but think that the timing of all of this, and we know, of course, how much the media can't stand Donald Trump, and I'm not a supporter of Donald Trump. However, it doesn't take, I think, that perceptive of a person to see below the lines or see through the blurry lines to potentially perceive that this may all have an effect or an impact on the upcoming election. 
when the SARS virus came about, that was right around the time when Hong Kong and China were going through new negotiations, deciding whether Hong Kong should be an independent sovereign state or should be a part of China. And then China and Hong Kong ultimately ended up, I believe, postponing the agreement that they need to sign for another 15 or 18 years. So they put it off. But within a year of those discussions, the SARS epidemic comes out. And now we have a huge election coming up in about six, seven, eight months. And what do you know? We have another virus that is wreaking havoc potentially on our, on our country and our entire world. I want to throw a few statistics at, at you, first of all. I think what's, what's frightening to me is more the reaction. And what I get a little frustrated by is South by Southwest canceled. Coachella postponed. Pearl Jam, one of my favorite bands, has postponed their first leg of their tour. So everybody's taking this very seriously, which I don't know if I understand or not yet. I'm still in the dark here a little bit. 4,000 people have been killed from the coronavirus throughout the world. Only, and this is, this is the key, only just over 300 people have been killed here in America. And it's interesting, the newspapers will say clever words like more than 300. Instead of saying only 300, they'll say more than 300. Or listen to this one, just in the, in the New York, in CNBC today. This is crazy. The mayor says the coronavirus cases are coming in intensely now. So, I mean, I don't know. I would think that, or, or I read earlier, coronavirus cases are surging in New York City. And this was yesterday, this article I read. So when I think of the word surging, I'm thinking maybe hundreds. The number was three, three new cases. And then this article, they're coming in so intensely now. 18 cases were discovered yesterday. And the vast majority of people that are actually affected dramatically where they are at risk of dying are people over the age of 80. And I'm not poo-pooing people that are over the age of 80, but these are people that are either in nursing homes or already have major health illnesses going on. This is very important because I just read earlier today that the cold, 25% of the common colds are considered a coronavirus. Did any of you know that? I certainly didn't know that. I'm going to keep reading more statistics at you, or, or for you rather. This is crazy. And this is just meant to put this all in perspective. I don't think there's any perspective. There is no perspective right now. Globally, the World Health Organization estimates that the flu kills 290,000 to 650,000 people per year. In 2018, 80,000 people just here in America died of the flu. Typically in America, it's between 30 to 50,000. 2018 was the worst year on record with over 80,000. So imagine during 2018, if the media was covering the flu like they are covering the coronavirus right now. I'm a little frustrated. And I'm not, again, I'm not playing naive here. 
I'm not trying to say that this is just absolutely nothing, but it's very similar to what our country's already been dealing with. But for some particular reason, the media has created chaos. And I'm frustrated that Pearl Jam and South by Southwest are canceling because what's happening then is that that is having, I'm more, I am more concerned about the economic fallout here because people are not flying. South by Southwest, which relies on millions of dollars from that festival, it's not, it's gone. I'm just frustrated by how willing we are to just accept the news and the information that is being fed at us without really diving in deeply, diving in a little bit more deeply and trying to get some of the facts, try to get some perspective. More statistics here for you. 640,000 Americans in 2018 died from heart disease. Imagine if the media every single day talked about people dying from heart disease every single day. I think people would probably take a little bit better care of themselves, probably eat better, probably stop eating meat, probably exercising a lot more. Here's another stat for you. 1.6 million deaths were directly caused by diabetes in 2018. One more stat for you. And this one will blow you away. 40,000 people died in 2019 in the United States from car crashes. If the media posted videos and stories every single day showing these terrible car accidents happening, I guarantee you our society would be freaked out to drive. So right now we have people freaking out, working from home, major companies and corporations telling their employees to stay home, schools closing, and this is all happening, I believe because, I I think there's two reasons. I think it's political, and I think it's fear of the unknown. We are freaked out by the unknown. I don't feel like there's any perspective. I don't think there's any context. And the media, by talking about it, With words like surge, they even had Dr. Drew, Fox did, had Dr. Drew on. And Dr. Drew was trying to add a little bit of levity and perspective here. And I saw the woman co-host was was like, well, what do I do? What do I do? I mean, I know you're saying this, but what do I do? I'm not sure what I should do. That's the point. People don't know how to deal with uncertainty. If we go to go about our day-to-day lives, and this is what's so frustrating, to think people are getting taught or reminded to wash their hands. <laughs> and people will come up to me because people know that I'm a germaphobe, some of my friends, and they'll say, well, are you freaking out about the coronavirus? And I'm actually not because these are things, first of all, that I've been doing for years. I always have Purell in my car. I take two showers typically in the morning, one in the morning, one at night. I wash my hands incessantly throughout the day. I don't like shaking people's hands. I've stopped shaking people's hands for years. I'll give like an elbow tap or a hug. I mean, this is all just common sense. 
So in my mind, I'm thinking, well, maybe more people are actually starting to wash their hands and maybe more restaurants are starting to use more antibacterial wipes. And then I got a, an email from Delta Airlines the last couple of days saying that they're going to make sure to clean the planes more carefully after every flight. I mean, these are things that should have been happening anyway. But as I've said in my podcast before, sometimes it takes a scare to wake people up. Maybe this coronavirus is reminding people that you actually have to like use some common sense here and don't just shake people's hands all the time and don't forget to wash your hands. I mean, I tell this story all the time, but every day I use the restroom, guys walk out without washing their hands. I mean, it's just common sense, people. Wash your hands. last segment here. I'm just curious by the way we as a society respond. And I almost feel like the natural tendency is to freak out. And I'm not trying to be God Almighty here. I'm not trying to pretend that I don't get nervous or anxious. I've told you before, you know, flying has, has become a deeper anxiety of mine, despite the fact that 40,000 people die driving. And only last year, I think it was 500 people died in a plane crash. The year before, it was under 200. Despite the numbers, I still get a little freaked out flying. And I think it is ultimately this idea of control. We want to feel like we're in control. And here's this virus that has definitely caused a ripple effect in our society. I'm not naive here. I'm not clueless. But the fact that there isn't an explanation, the fact that there isn't a cure or a vaccine, and the fact that the media won't stop reporting about new deaths, even though the numbers are exceedingly low. So because of all this unknown, that is creating this mass amount of anxiety, which I think is unnecessary. And if you use a little common sense have a little perspective, dive a little bit deeper into some of the facts, I think we're going to be okay. So I wanted to play, you know, I I like Sam Harris sometimes. I mean, sometimes he can get a little self-indulgent for my taste. But he talks about the coronavirus, and I'm I'm trying to get a doctor on my show over the next two weeks. But I wanted to play you some of his, a clip from the show, and I'll share a few thoughts, and then I'll let you go. This is psychological. Let me just take that fact I just mentioned, that that some comfort is being taken in this idea that this is not preferentially targeting kids. Rather, it's targeting old people. But if you flip that around, if this were a flu that had an inordinately high mortality rate that was targeting kids preferentially, well, we would have closed the schools already. I don't think we would be debating school closure. Well, we might. Yes, we might have. But, you know, there's another kind of kind of moral issue here. You're right that very good data we now have on the mortality rate and how it varies by age. So young people, one study of 5,000 Koreans shows that basically nobody under the age of 30 afflicted with the condition died in that study. And First of all, has anybody even heard that statistic before? 
If the media actually shared that stat, that nobody under the age of 30 died. I mean, and considering most people that go to South by Southwest are under the age of 30, then there's a really low likelihood that anybody would die at South by Southwest. Anyway, I just, I wanted to interrupt. I'm going to keep playing. The study of 44,000 Chinese, I think, showed a case fatality ratio of 0.2%. Mm-hmm. So two out of 1,000 young people might die. Now, that's still a bad. I mean, that's a high risk of death for a young person. But the number rises quite dramatically. So by middle age, it's 1% to 2% of people die. And by over the age 80, it's, let's say, roughly 20% of people die. So yes, you're correctly summarizing the situation. But one of the things that's distressed me in reading all this is that I, too, like most people, would prefer that the young be spared and the old be afflicted. But the old are members of our society, too. There are our neighbors, there are our parents, there are teachers. I mean, it's, I, I hate this idea that, oh, well, it's just like afflicting old people. Who cares? It's ridiculous. So, so, so this is, again, a situation which we can talk about the epidemiology of the condition, but I don't think we should lose sight of what's happening, which is that people will die from this condition. Right. Well, let's... Before, again, 40,000 people died last year from car crashes. 80,000 people died from the flu two years ago. This is no different than all these other examples that I've given you. The difference is we have an election coming up, and the media is going to town with this story, and there's this unknown factor. And I'm not dismissing people over the age of 80, but it certainly would alleviate a little bit of anxiety, I think, in our culture if people knew that primarily the people that are dying are not only people over the age of 80, but these are people that already have major health complications going on. I'm going to keep playing. Tackle another meme here, which seems to be doing an inordinate amount of work in people's reaction to this. And, and it does seem at this point, frankly, misleading, which is the idea that this is essentially just like the flu. Here are some of the factoids that come in this cluster. One is 50,000 people die every year in the United States from flu. In 2018, it was something like 80,000, which I think is the worst year in recent memory. So comparatively, only about 4,000 people, you know, just nearly 4,000 people have died worldwide from coronavirus thus far. This really is a tempest in a teapot. If we were tracking the flu with the same paranoia that we're tracking this, well, then we would be alarmed every day of our lives. And then also there's the fact that, you know, though the mortality rate of this seems higher than the flu, it also seems clear that we're not testing widely enough to know what the actual denominator is to properly calculate the case fatality rate. So it's been reported that it's as high as, you know, three and a half percent. No, it won't be that high. It won't be that high, but then their estimates, it seems like the most sober estimates are more like, you know, half that, you know, between one and two percent. But... There seems to be the expectation on the part of many people that at the end of the day, we're going to recognize this is just another flu, essentially, running in parallel with the flu that we deal with year after year, and nobody freaks out about it. Nobody closes the schools. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I'll share a few thoughts before we hear the response. 
yeah, I don't, I don't understand. As I said earlier, I don't understand this quote unquote overreaction. And it feels as though there was a decision, whether it was conscious or not, to grab hold of this story and don't let go. We are going to pound it down people's throats. And I don't know if they even had a plan. I wonder the, if, if news media outlets are thinking, oh my gosh, we didn't, we didn't realize South by Southwest was going to get canceled, but uh, I mean, we'll just keep going with this. Despite the fact that people still aren't getting tested because a lot of the symptoms don't even show up for the first five days, they could be in an incubation period and people don't even know that they have it. So I understand that that a lot of times is the reason why they're closing schools. But if this is comparable to another flu, if the numbers are far lower than the flu, why did this create all of this reaction? So let's hear his guest response and then I'll let you go. Yeah, I think that's all wrong. Uh, And I can explain why. So first of all, let me back up and say a couple things, a bunch of things. First of all, if I told you that motor vehicle accidents were leading killer in our society, and they are, about 35,000 people die of motor vehicle accidents every year, and our society is very gravely concerned about these deaths. We, we invest huge resources in improving the safety of our roads and cars. We have enormous campaigns and penalties for people who drive under the influence. We cry and are sad when we read about motor vehicle deaths. And- I'm going to interrupt. I think that's all not true. I think the automotive industry and the marketing of the automotive industry makes driving as sexy and fun as possible. The way they present the act of driving, and I love to drive, but nobody talks about the risks involved, despite the fact that there's airbags and seatbelts and all these new advancements have happened when it comes to automobile manufacturing, the fact still remains that almost 40,000 people die every year from an automotive accident. If that was talked about nonstop over and over again on television and in the media, then people would be freaked out and people wouldn't be driving or they would be driving the speed limit. And the other thing, the other sort of cherry on top, people wouldn't be staring at their phones while they drive. So there's just a lot of manipulation happening right now. And I'm very curious if you're aware of it. This manipulation from the media and our society has gotten people to run to Costco, form lines down the street, and buy up all the antibacterial wipes, the Purell, toilet paper. It's caused schools to be closed. It's caused South by Southwest to, be, to stop. It's caused Coachella to be postponed. It's caused basically a full, a whole country, Italy, just to be shut down. It's shut down the airline industry. I teach yoga classes now. People are barely going to yoga classes. It's mind-blowing to me what has gone on. And we're all sort of just accepting it. And I don't, again, I'll end the show. I'm not trying to pretend that there isn't a risk. But from what I've read, this risk is no different from all the other risks that we come in contact with every single day of our lives. There isn't a cure for the cold. And I know there's a vaccine for the flu, but still almost 80,000 people died a couple years ago. 
So every single day we have risks, and life can feel really scary and frightening sometimes, but the intensity, the enormity in which the media wants you to freak out right now is just unparalleled to anything I've seen in years. I don't remember the last time I saw the media latch on to a story like this to do nothing but to freak you out. And so I've been posting a lot of statistics and videos, and I've been making fun of the coronavirus coverage on my social media platforms just to try and add a little bit of perspective here and some context because I don't see anybody out there providing some perspective and some context. And it's also really important about the words that the media uses. Instead of saying only 30 people died, or rather only 300 people died, they'll say more than 300 people. Instead of saying only five new diagnoses yesterday, they'll say we had a surge and suddenly surge can be equated with five. (laughs) So it's just really perplexing to me. That's it for today's show. Remember, wash your hands. Don't shake anybody's hands. Yeah, maybe limit your exposure to big crowds right now. Stay away from people that are coughing. They also say, just to let you know, I read that this is a illness that gets into the lungs. So it's a dry cough. It's not a cough like a cold where it's sort of loose and phlegmy. This is a dry cough. And I also read that the virus grows or gets stronger in the lungs. So drink a lot of water because apparently the virus cannot develop in the stomach and it dies. So one suggestion in the chi- in a Chinese newspaper that I read or was forwarded this information, you should be drinking a lot of water. So just wanted to end the show with some advice and a little bit of perspective here. Remember, head over to iTunes, write a review, give it a five star, share the show with friends, reach out to me on Instagram or Twitter at Eddie Cohn. I have a few guests lined up over the next few weeks, but for now, as always, Thank you so much for listening and being a part of the Downward Facing Spiritual Spiral podcast.